Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Janine and you're listening to Lunch with Loudon. Coffee Party Internet Radio is a part of the Be the Media Project. For a complete list of the Coffee Party Radio Network shows, go to coffeepartyusa.com and click on Radio Shows up there in the banner. Consider joining our team, Be the Media. So, did the Sunny and Share opening give it away? Um, I hope it did. I hope it was a clue for those of you who wondered what the heck would a broadcast about Groundhog Day affect, uh, what would that be about? And like, uh, as the music implies, um, it's about, it's inspired in part by the Groundhog Day movie. And today is Groundhog Day, and apparently spring is six weeks away. Who knew? But for anyone who may not have seen the movie, uh, Embry. It's about a TV weatherman. I think his name is Phil, just like the little groundhog, uh, who is forced to live the same February 2nd over and over and over again until he gains some kind of karmic insight into his life. And he, you know, I'm going to put a little bunny rabbit ears around it when he, he figures it out and gets it right. So, you know, that's the premise. Every day the, the uh, alarm clock came on and there was Sonny and Cher singing, I got you, babe. <laughs> so I was inspired to do this broadcast months ago uh, when John Oliver did a rant on our election process on his HBO show you may have seen last week tonight with John Oliver. In summary, he said that every four years we get frustrated by the crazy maze, confusing morass that we now call an election system, which by the time he was done describing it, it was pretty clear was a non-system or a make-no-sense system. And just when we know what should be done to fix it, the election happens, we all collapse in exhaustion, and we forget. So four years later, there we are, mad and frustrated again, and probably even more mad because we remember, oh, I knew this. You know, so he suggested in that rant, at the end of the rant, that we set a date long enough after the election to be rested and soon enough after the election that we would not have forgotten all the things that we learned. Um, So I'm going to remind folks that if you'd like to chime in on this conversation, you call 64929. Two four nine five and press one to be put in the host queue. Uh, if you don't press one, you just look like those other folks that are listening to the broadcast live on their telephone. So I won't know you have something brilliant to say. Also, if you're streaming, uh, the chat room is open and functional this week, and so uh, I can take questions or we can have a conversation uh, via chat, and I can be your voice. So planning content for today all those months ago, 
began on the backs of envelopes whenever I had a thought, computer printouts of projects planned by Coffee Party, us, and dozens of like-minded organizations, lots of organizations that I follow out there in the real world. So our plans and those of others were made long before the election and were designed to address all those broken things, regardless of who won. So for us, this was not, um, well, our project is called Stay Involved, and we use the hashtag, Stay Involved, hashtag. Campaign finance reform, tax code reform, Wall Street reform, our three original issues were front and center. Teams of Coffee Party volunteers, by the way, have added depth to those original goals, and you can find our our revised, what we now call in-state goals, uh, if you go to coffeepartyusa.com slash forward slash, I guess what you call it, goals. Pretty simple. Um, but, you know, all the things that we saw broken, whether it had to do with, like, voter reform, uh, access to information, access to polling places, uh, big, big, big list. But with design in our approach. So the Stay Involved project was conceptualized at the annual meeting of the Board of Directors last August in the uh, Georgia Mountains, and it was flushed out by a team of Coffee Party volunteers. It was not based, as I said, on who won the election, because we know no matter who won, all these things that John Oliver talked about, all these things that we've been talking about for years now, were still dysfunctional. And... So it didn't matter. Uh, it was based upon all the issues that we all face every day, every election, every year, in our own communities and across the country. So in a nutshell, Stay Involved consists of activities designed uh, to encourage us all to get out into the world, have our voices heard, for positive change, a better system than the one John Oliver described. And it includes things like uh, actions to heal the wounds of division. Lord knows those wounds are deep right now. Uh, partnering with other groups to, for a march on Washington. Fostering mentor community coffee party groups. Sharing well-vetted information with a gentle voice. And letting as large an audience as possible use our Facebook page, our Twitter, our internet radio shows like this one, all our social media outreach. Uh, so that folks can stay informed about all the ways to express uh, their inner active citizen. So these goals are alive and well. And many of us, many of you, have just participated in the single biggest demonstration in history. Bask in that for a moment. The Women's March in D.C., I was there. It was great. Um, and all the sister marches across the country and around the world were amazing. So marchers carried signs and led chants about calls for women's rights, but also calls for human rights. And um, different, you know, it wasn't like a, a mono group. It was all the things that we're concerned about. And so, you know, Scientists are people, too. You know, I mean, you see all kinds of we believe in data. When do we want it? After peer review. 
um, it was wonderful, all the different um, folks represented and the camaraderie of all of those marches. And today at GLI, those objectives are being scattered like bowling pins when one of those professionals you see on TV throws a strike. Um, I feel like we're being drowned in action spontaneously erupting over like info bombs launched by the White House from the moment of the election until the inauguration and beyond. So it just feels a little creep, you know, chaotic. Regardless, I'm so proud of how America is responding. Amazed, frankly, because the planned uh, responses, the spontaneous responses to executive orders and other kinds of mischief, you know, today it was um, being incredibly rude to the uh, the Prime Minister of, of Australia. <laughs> it was like how we've been behaving in the face of all this is really heartwarming to me, and it's a wonderful example of our spirit. Uh, and I have concerns. How do we not always be reacting? And I really didn't originally envision this broadcast to be about that. How how do we stay on balance? And I and I think I found found at least you know part of the answer. Um, so you may have seen in a recent sort of mini blog on social media that warned of a tactic called delivering a shock event. Shock event. I think this information is important enough and I'm going to read it here. Uh, remember, it was written about a week ago, and in the timeline of this particular administration, that's like years. Uh, but it's still very powerful and is definitely informing my way forward. It's written by Heather Richardson, professor of history at Boston College. And yes, I vetted not only is there a Heather Richardson and is she a, his, a professor of history at Boston College, but did she indeed write this? And the answer to all of those are yes. So um, I can share it with you with confidence. So I'm going to uh, start reading. I guess it will sound like I'm reading. It's okay. From Heather Richardson. I don't like to talk about politics on Facebook. Political history is my job, after all, and you are my friends. But there's an important nonpartisan point to make today. What Bannon is doing, most dramatically with last night's ban on immigration from seven predominantly Muslim countries, is creating what is known as a shock event. Such an event is unexpected and confusing and throws a society into chaos. People scramble to react to the event, usually along some fault line that those responsible for the event can widen by claiming that they alone know how to restore order. When opponents speak out, the authors of the shock event call them enemies. A society reels and tempers run high. Those responsible for the shock event perform a sleight of hand to achieve their real goal, a goal they know to be hugely unpopular, from which everyone has been distracted as they fight over the initial event. There is no longer concerted opposition to the real goal, 
Opposition divides along the partisan lines established by the shock event. Last night's executive order has all the hallmarks of a shock event. It was not reviewed by any governmental agencies or lawyers before it was released, and counterterrorism experts insist they did not ask for it. People charged with enforcing it got no instructions how to do so. Courts immediately have declared parts of it unconstitutional, but border police in some airports are refusing to stop enforcing it. Predictably, chaos has followed and tempers are hot. My point today is this. Unless you are the person setting it up, it is in no one's interest to play the shock event game. It is designed explicitly to divide people who might otherwise come together so they cannot stand against something its authors think they won't like. I don't know what Bannon is up to, although I have some guesses, not because I know Bannon's ideas well. I am positive that there's not a single person whom I consider a friend on either side of the aisle, and my friends range pretty widely, who will benefit from whatever it is. In the shock event strategy, if the shock event strategy works though, many of you will blame each other rather than Bannon for the fallout, and the country will have been tricked into accepting their real goal. But because shock events destabilize a society, they can also be used positively. We do not have to respond along old fault lines could just as easily reorganize into a different pattern that threatens the people who spark the event. A successful shock event depends on speed and chaos because it requires knee-jerk reactions so that people divide along established lines. This, for example, is how Confederate leaders railroaded the initial southern states out of the Union. If people realized they were being played, though, They can reach across old lines and reorganize to challenge the leaders who are pulling the strings. This was Lincoln's strategy when he joined other Whigs, Democrats, Free Soilers, anti-Nebraska voters, and nativists into the new Republican Party to stand against the slave power. Five years before, such a coalition would not have been imaginable. Members of those groups agreed on very little other than that they wanted all Americans to have equal economic opportunity. Once they began to work together to promote a fair economic system, though, they found much common ground. They ended up rededicating the nation to a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Confederate leaders and Lincoln both knew about the political potential of a shock event. We are in the midst of one it seems worth noting that Lincoln seemed to have the better idea about how to use it. So ends the reading from our political scientist and historian. So I want to thank Professor Richardson for these words. They reinforced my spidey sense uh, that was telling me that I was being manipulated to look the wrong way, like uh, when a magician, you know, pulls a rabbit out of his hat. Her words about creating chaos for the sole purpose of dividing us rings true. I'm, I'm one of those pattern recognition people. No credit to me. I was born that way. And uh, 
bells just go off when reality doesn't line up in a way that makes any sense. And so her words really helped stabilize the noise inside my head and say, I got it. I see what's broken here. So this is very impactful for me and other members of Coffee Party. As a matter of fact, the Coffee Party Board of Directors had a long discussion about this writing at our meeting just last night. And while there was an amazing amount of conversation, all of us were present, all of us participated, uh, it can be summarized. And I hope, uh, I apologize to any directors who listen to this, uh, if I left something out, uh, we'll put something up on the Facebook page. But here's my summary of that magnificent conversation. So we reaffirmed our focus on our in-state goals the long-term as well as the immediate action, trying to keep our event horizon out to where chaos is less impactful. We reaffirmed our tools of civility and reason. Um, That kind of just harkens back to what uh, the professor said about if people realize they're being played, they can reach across old lines and reorganize the challenged leaders who are pulling the strings. Well, you know, it's certainly our experience and the experience of others that you can't bridge the fault lines by being snarky or mean. We recommitted ourselves to reaching across those shock lines with intention. In other words, um, to be even more careful that we're not just a part of an echo chamber, that we choose articles that are representative of the points of view of many Americans that we, uh, the comments that we make on things that are posted, the leads that we give um, to those articles, that they're all, that we keep, we keep a look-see to make sure we're not excluding, to make sure we're not, um, you know, falling too far one way or the other. Um, you know, sometimes we take criticism for that, but if you, t- if you want to really help us, help each other redefine fault lines or erase fault lines, our job is to be able to make those fault lines navigable. There has to be hope of reaching the other side from either side. Oh, excuse me. So, getting back to sort of the summary of the meeting, we recommitted ourselves to our many collaboration partners. Now, that doesn't sound like a huge deal, but we have dozens and dozens of partners. And usually there's one, two, or three of them in action at any one moment. And today, of course, everyone is in action. And so it was really kind of like a way of our admitting to ourselves that this is going to be a little more than we bargained for, and we're up for it. So we uh, recommitted to that wild and craziness. Um, and then I guess the last thing, I hope it, the last thing was that we added the hashtag democracy with dignity to our message. We felt like that was uh, an outreach to all Americans. And um, 
I hope you don't get hung up on the democracy word because, like, uh, those of you who follow my show know that I'm always saying this republic's democracy. I'm clear it's a representative democracy and all of that. If, but the point is that our governance, um, if it's going to be of, by, and for the people, needs to afford some dignity in the process or it just it becomes in itself try, the the process of governance becomes one of those shock events and and that's the whole thing we're trying to back away from is the reactivity to these shock events now this in no way limits our support of and participation in national and community mass actions that's not what we are pointing to at all it does add specific purpose to our language and our perspective. And I hope you'll see this in our work. Um, and certainly I hope you see it on our page, the Lunch of Sodden Facebook page. And I hope you'll comment if I stray because, you know, it's, uh, uh, we, sometimes we all need the hand up <laughs> instead of the beat down, please. And, and I, I appreciate your impact to all of those things. Because our methods include using our social media presence to alert our members and supporters to actions, um, I've decided that from now on, I'll start each of my broadcasts with a little segment, and I'm going to call it Power to the People. Again, those of you who know me know that Power to the People is my greeting on every device imaginable, from Google Voice to, <laughs> you know, my landline and my cell phone and you name it, power to the people. And I think that's consi consistent with the notion of um, awakening our inner activist. I just, I just feel an art project coming on every time I say that. So if you would like to promote actions in your community or in a national organization you participate in, or um, we actually have a lot of members and supporters who are expat, they are not living in the United States of America. I mean, if you're going to do something in uh, Berlin, I promise you, we can get the word out to them. So um, you can get a hold of us, and we'll either announce your event, or you can call in and deliver your own message. You can do that live for yourself, or you can trust me to convey your event. So all of that happens by contacting me directly. And uh, all I ask that if you want the information to be on a Thursday show, we're noon Pacific. And so uh, if you get it to be by 9 a.m. Pacific, I can promise you that it'll be uh, on, on my Power to the People segment. I can't promise it later than that. I can try. So you email me at Janine at CoffeePartyUSA.com. You voicemail me at 301-259-1869. Or you can call into a live broadcast, 646-929-2495. Remember, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday. Again, or you can leave a message on the Lunch with Loudon Facebook page. I just posted this contact information on the banner of Lunch with Loudon on Facebook. So bring it on. You don't have to remember how to spell my name or you don't have to remember my phone number. I just want to let you know there's many, many ways uh, that you can get information about your event. Um, if you want to share images, I will share images on the Lunch with Loudon Facebook page. I'll um, 
Uh, some of the images we were committed to actually sharing on the Join the Coffee Party Movement Facebook page. We have well over a million followers on that page. And so we might, you know, we'll be able to let people know not only what you're about to do, but uh, share images about what you've done. If you have something to promote right now, um, 646-929-2495 and press 1. It's important because I see people in the call list, but without the 1, um, I don't know to open your mic. Uh, and if I open the mic of people that don't have a 1-up, you hear the strangest things. You don't want me to do that. You can be one of the first. <laughs> but when you call in, remember the civility pledge. For those who need a refresher, here it is. It's quick easy, it's effective. As a member or supporter of the coffee party, I pledge to conduct myself in a way that is civil, honest, and respectful towards people with whom I disagree. I value people from different cultures, I value people with different ideas, and I value and cherish the democratic process. So as long as you keep those things in mind, I don't have to use my handy-dandy mute button, and it, and it makes me very happy. I do think the 500-pound gorilla in the room is the question, does anything we do make a difference? Certainly there's a little part, uh, there's a little piece of social media out there that says, no. <laughs> but, you know, my personal feeling, yes. My spidey sense, yes. And that even explains the shock event strategy that we're seeing today. But since it's a coffee party, and we like data, information, facts, intel, right? <laughs> Here's something that circulated earlier this week. Uh, and yes, I have vetted all of these statements. So I promise you, they are all verifiable. And I'll open, again, I'll do my reading voice because I'm reading someone else's work so I don't get to ramble. Keep up the good work, folks. It's helping millions. Thank you. Hashtag forward. For everyone who did something small or big, your efforts have been successful. Because of you, one, the federal free hiring freeze is reversed for the Veterans Administration. Two, uh, the court order partial stay of the immigration ban, or if there is a court order partial stay of the immigration ban for those with valid visas. Three, green card holders can get back into the country. Four, Uber pledges $3 million and immigration lawyers for its drivers after hashtag delete Uber trends on Twitter. Five, Obamacare, better known as the Affordable Care Act, I guess, enrollment ads are still going on. Six, the ACLU raised, ACLU raised $24 million over the weekend, which is like six years' worth of earning for these guys. Seven, the USDA gag order is lifted and EPA grants are unfrozen. I don't know why that's just one, but it is, you know, those two things are one. Uh, I didn't write it, so I'm not going to change it. Eight, the EPA climate data is no longer going to be scrubbed from the White House website. Nine, more people of different career, religious, 
economic, race backgrounds are considering running for political office than ever before. I promise you that was the hardest one to uh, vet well. Um, And it took me about a half an hour to actually get credible references to say, you know what, right on. And then 10, most importantly, since we live in a participatory democracy, the people are engaged. Yay! I, I'm, someday I'm going to have an applause button, I promise. If anybody has an applause button that they don't want anymore, get all of me. Um, and then it ends. While more is needed, sometimes you have to celebrate your wins. Stay vigilant, but also take self-care seriously. Activist burnout is a thing. Marathon, don't sprint. Hashtag resist. So, yes, it's making a difference. And uh, even since this uh, was written a few days ago, things have evolved farther. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about it, and I'm convinced that we're on the right track. Uh, my only consideration is um, whether or not we recognize the fault lines, whether or not we recognize the shock events, whether or not we recognize that the way forward is to use them, not just to react to them. If, if we react but in a way that brings people together rather than furthers the divide. So here it is. I'm going to do my first power to the people um, segment. From now on, it'll be the beginning of the show, not the end. Um, And since this is day one, I'm going to share the events and the organizations with which I have personally participated this week. Um, I think I've already sort of mentioned all the coffee party things, so I'll stick with our partner organizations um, that I had interactions with this week. There's no rhyme or reason to the order of these. They're the order in which I thought about them. So here goes. Um, The first one is daily action. Daily action will send a message for a phone call of the day. Um, It also gives you the background leading to the call and example language. So if you're interested, uh, you go to dailyaction.org to sign up for daily emails or daily texts. You can also sign up by texting the word daily to the number 228466, uh, which is action in the alpha world. Uh, You'll be prompted to enter a zip code, and that's it. And every day you will get either an email or a text, whichever you've chosen, um, making the request that you make a phone call or two. Um, By the way, today's action is urge your senator, I guess I'd be plural for all of us senators, to oppose Jay Clayton as chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission and the GOP pro-bribery bill. I had no idea what the pro-bribery bill, I felt like I was flipping to not know. Um, Call 844-241-1141. And um, the, the message also gives a link to their Facebook page and the Facebook page includes a, a a detailed explanation of the nature of the request. 
And so without having known what that was, I now know what that is. I know what I'm going to do about it. So obviously you're going to choose to or not to make those two calls to your two senators, but you'll have all the information you need or at least enough information to go vetting further for yourself and you can decide if that's something you want to do. I really appreciate the daily action. The next one, uh, just in the order of how I remembered, was with represent.us. I signed a petition to the governor of South Dakota to not sign into law a bill passed by the legislature that reverses the Anti-Corruption Bill Act, Act bill uh, that was passed by the people. So apparently by referendum. And so the people passed it, the legislature doesn't like it, the governor can stop it, and I signed up. This is still an open petition. And so you certainly um, can still go to represent.us and sign that petition if you're interested, or at least go to that uh, website and um, research whether or not it's a petition you would like to sign. Uh, I also participated with Oregon Democracy Spring. Uh, I called my senators Wyden and Merkley. I'm from Oregon. That's my voting state. um, To ask them to challenge the confirmation of Jeff Sessions for Attorney General. Again, there's information available. I believe Democracy Spring has chapters in all 50 states. If they do not, you go to democracyspring.org, check it out. You can follow the national organization, I'm sure. And I think that um, rather than being specific about who my senators were, you would be encouraged to contact your senators, whoever they may be. The um, last one I'm going to mention here, it's called Ready to Resist. Um, it's an, it started out as an emergency call uh, on January 22nd. But after that call, everyone on the call decided it needed to be a weekly call for the first 100 days of the administration. So now it's called weekly emergency calls. <laughs> um, the first Sunday call included speakers from moveon.org, Indivisible, and Working Families Party. And if you want to listen to that call, um, there's a link. It'd be crazy uh, for me to read it to you, except you can find it on moveon.org. If you go to moveon.org, you can get to it and and hear the recording of the call. Um, last week's call, the one on the 31st, that was the 22nd, the one you can hear, the, the recording for the call for the 31st will be up soon. They thought it would be up by today. It's not. Um, but last week's call included Move On and Working Families again and added People's Action and the ACLU. So they talk about uh, this call is about um, a combination of what are the issues that occurred in the last week, you know, what things are going on, things are being planned by the participating organizations in response to those um, events. Uh, there are some things called the evergreen issues, <laughs> which means that, uh, you know, they're going to go on week after week after week, and um, but they're, they may or may not be addressed. They certainly come up in conversation. And then there's also coaching. Like in the call last Sunday, there was coaching about um, how you uh, organize in such a way that people are safe, 
that your organization uh, or that your event doesn't hit uh, bumps in the road that you really should have known about, like who should communicate with the press and who should communicate with the people who issue permits and who should communicate with the police and, you know, all the things that one needs to do to have a responsible event. Um, even in the cases where um, interlopers, we, you know, uh, act, uh, what do they call them now? There's a nice word for them. Back in the 60s, you know, we'd call them the, the interlopers. They'd come in, they'd try to make trouble. Uh, they were very often law enforcement or um, the other guys, however you describe the other guys. Um, or they're just the anarchists who like to go out and kick things up, I, I tell you. But um, the point is that if you have a well-organized event, people like them stand out like a sore thumb. And I think it's important that the, we do not collapse the distinction between protesters and criminals. In Oregon, anytime there's been any problem, there have been thousands of peaceful protesters and, you know, eight problem people. So we need to keep that distinction clear. And as long as we're clear ourselves how to handle this, then it's easier for the media and people outside your event and outside your organization to also maintain that distinction, the separation between criminals and protesters. So I think that's good. Well, since uh, everybody on the phone line is not sharing their event, and I'm not surprised because, you know, it's coming. It's a new thing. Um, so I, I'm not going to keep you. I, I'm going to send you forth to go out there into the world and awaken your inner activist. And if that inner activist is out there and getting a little um, bloody up in the process, remember the call for self-care. Remember to see, uh, remember that when something is so crazy it makes no sense, it was probably intended to be crazy and to make no sense. And to look behind the curtain, to look somewhere else, and in the meantime, look across the, the uh, shock fault uh, that's been created and wave to the people on the other side and say, hey, we're okay. Let's figure this out together. I think it's brilliant. It reminds me of being in Hawaii uh, on the Big Island this summer and uh, as the lava was pouring down the cliff and pouring across the road and dropping into the ocean, it became less and less possible to get from one side of the lava flow to the other. Now it's totally impossible. But I remember how people had to help each other across the hot rocks and how the, um, the park service people were standing by on both sides of the lava with uh, ice water and duct tape because people were dehydrated and the soles were melted off their shoes. So I guess the park rangers were getting self-care and uh, we were helping each other across that hot lava. It can be done. It can be done. So as usual, I'll close with what I like to call the Coffee Party Telethon moment. Coffee Party USA is totally funded by you, our members and supporters. Citizens United has not benefited us. We have no sugar daddy behind the curtain. It's just us, you and me. And if you'd like to become a member, go to coffeepartyusa.com, click on the big red become a member button. It's gigantic. 
And uh, you can choose to be an annual member, a monthly sustainer, or a one-time donor. Don't forget, Coffee Party just turned seven years old, and you have a chance to get a Civility is Patriotic bumper sticker. If you go to donate, coffeepartyusa.com slash donate, and go to the box that says other, you know, we're going to suggest all kinds of amounts. And if you put $7 in the other box, I'm going to send you the bumper sticker as a thank you for your birthday present. $7 for seven years. We're excited. So thanks for all you do. Really, thanks for all you do. And keep on doing it, eh? This is Janine, and you've been listening to Lunch with Loudon. Coffee party on.